good morning and welcome to the end of your first sober week. It's day seven and episode seven, where today we're going to be talking about the influence of others on your choice to go sober. And when I'm talking about that, I'm not talking about immediate friends and family now, but of wider influences, the media, marketing, and of course, social media, because we are surrounded by it. We all know that we're influenced by so many things and are bombarded by messages every day. Our phones are glued to our hands and with that comes a lot of potential triggers that could trip you up if you're not prepared. But also if you again haven't questioned the truth behind these things and really challenged and realised how we may have been led down the garden path a bit by the alcohol industry and that's an understatement because it makes a heck of a lot of money out of knowing that most people won't drink responsibly. In fact, if we did, they'd be out of business. So we need to look and consider what sort of marketing we've been exposed to when it comes to alcohol. And I was saying to my husband last night that 20 years ago, if you'd have wanted to go sober, you'd have just had to deal with your immediate world. So your job, your social circle, your family, And then interacting and dealing with alcohol when you come across it in bars or restaurants or when you go for a meal out or maybe on the supermarket shop or on adverts or television or films. And as if that wasn't enough, we have an added dimension now in social media and constant news streams. We've got news at our fingertips. And I personally think that's why it's so important to balance the messaging you're receiving by following sober socials and sober accounts on whatever social media platform you're using and making sure you're absorbing lots of positive messaging around sobriety. In the same way that we're exposed to so much positive, I'm doing air quotes, messaging about alcohol because it is everywhere. And my background is actually marketing. I worked in the family filming business since I was 14. Psychology has always interested me. It's all about selling the story when it comes to marketing. Whatever you're selling, you're selling the sizzle and not the sausage. And so when it comes to alcohol, one of the big realisations I had, and I think it helps to have, is how we've all sort of been hoodwinked by it on some level. They've sold the sizzle. And it makes a lot of people a lot of money. And so they've buried the health risks and not really spoken about them. So as well as being shocked by the true level of health risk, for me, I was also quite shocked as to how positively and how automatically I'd absorbed all of these positive marketing messages, even being in marketing and knowing how that works. I was quite horrified actually that I'd fallen for it, but the marketing is everywhere. And I want to be really careful here because some people listening to this won't want to go alcohol free forever. Some people will want to go alcohol free for a length of time. So I don't want to alcohol bash, but we do really need to see the truth. It really is essential when you're looking to change and address your relationship with something like alcohol that you strip away those beliefs that you've built up over time. And part of those will have originated from what you've absorbed from society and growing up. And also the marketing messages and what you're seeing around you can then perpetuate what you're thinking. And this is where I think social media is actually quite damaging. I was the 
biggest culprit of this. So before I talk about it, I want to say I hold my hands up. There's no judgment because in naivety, we do things we don't realise we're doing. But when it comes to alcohol, we are doing most of the selling ourselves for big alcohol. They don't need to put many adverts on television these days. We're all posting pictures left, right and centre with alcoholic drinks selling the idea that alcohol equals fun, which is the biggest message of all, isn't it? And these days, alcohol's become such a large part of our society. So years ago, if you were to go back into the 1940s, 1950s, 1960s, drinking wasn't that prolific. But these days, it is absolutely normal not only to engage in drinking most evenings, but then to go out and throw caution to the wind and binge drink at weekends, even though we're told we shouldn't binge drink. A lot of people still glamorise it. They still post on social media about how drunk they were or how many bruises they have or how hungover they are the next day. And again, I've done it. There's no judgment. But what we need to realise as somebody who's now stripping away all that messaging and all those beliefs about alcohol is how much that's absorbing into our subconscious. And even my gym, for example, the other day had a Thirsty Thursday advert in the gym for a social event. And again, there's no judgment there, but really even the mix of alcohol and exercise has become quite normal. I did a spin class once where the woman kept referring to having a gin and tonic or a glass of wine as a reward for getting up the hill. It's shocking. So rather than alcohol bashing, which is something, as I say, I don't want to do, it's just to realise that I would say about 80% of the photographs I see on my normal social feed on social media in some way reference alcohol in a positive way, whether that's an influencer posing with a cocktail or whether that's friends and family posing at the start of an evening with a drink in their hand. I've absolutely 100% done it, but from your standpoint, you need to be able to not be affected by those photographs because you will have times when that little voice in your head is going to go, wouldn't it be nice? Are you missing out? They're having fun. You could do that too. And that's the voice you need to argue with, with fact and logic. So let's look at the logic of that. Those pretty pictures that you're seeing on social media, those alcoholic drinks, those pretty looking cocktails are only ever, like any social media, painting the positives of that evening out, or what is perceived to be a positive. It's the pretty picture. You don't see what happens in reality when somebody's had a couple of drinks. So you don't see when people have started to squabble or misunderstand each other or fight with their partner in a booze-fueled haze, or when they've stopped making sense or they're repeating themselves or getting too close to somebody. People don't share the posts about when they say something they shouldn't or they upset somebody or they put their foot in it with their boss because they've had one too many to drink or even that they're doing something they shouldn't or wouldn't when they were sober because their inhibitions have been lowered to dangerous levels. I know over the years I've been in situations that there's no way I would have gone into sober because you aren't seeing the risks you're taking with your safety when you've had a drink. And people don't talk about that either. That pretty glass hides a lot of the truth. Nobody's posting about the room spinning at the end of the night or being sick or having that greasy kebab and regretting it or the hangover the next day. So from now on, when you notice those images on your social feed, 
instead of feeling jealous or a pang of feeling left out, I want you to look at the truth of what those posed pictures could mean and what they aren't showing because you really aren't missing out on anything when you think about it in a logical sense. And you know you're going sober or doing this sober stint for your own very important reasons that you've already outlined. And these need to stay in the forefront of your mind whilst you're aware of the many ways that marketing is influencing you. So you have marketing in an obvious sense, television adverts, it's easy to see through them. You know they're just selling the positives. It's harder to see through some of the social media messaging and the sharing of pictures because we're so used to seeing it and taking it as a sign that somebody's having a good time. You need to start questioning that. So the social influences are everywhere when it comes to alcohol and its marketing. Just keep in your mind you're doing this for you and your own reasons. And if something feels a bit triggering to you, question it. Look at the truth rather than just believing what you're seeing at surface level and just responding as you would do in the past. Which brings me neatly onto another influence that affects a large but particular part of society, and that's mummy wine culture. I don't want to alienate anyone here, but I feel it's important to touch on how toxic and pervasive mummy wine culture has become. Because as a mum myself, I know it's tough, it's isolating. I was a single mum for a long time and I didn't see or meet anybody. I didn't do anything of an evening. I was sort of trapped at home and I was feeling incredibly isolated and lonely and my companion became my treat, which we know it isn't. At the end of the night was a bottle of wine and that was my time. Now there are far healthier ways, now I look back on it, that I could have treated myself. But the messaging and the culture around mummy needing wine was one that was firmly embedded in my subconscious and conscious mind. All the memes, mummy needs wine, mummy drinks because you wine. I saw one t-shirt that said, I can't wait until my kids grow up so that I can drink wine with them instead of because of them. I mean, it's horrifying when you look at it but it's deemed as humour. I was looking on Instagram the other day, and I don't know how, but somehow the algorithm has seen that I'm interested in alcohol now for some reason. And it is sending reel after reel after reel, one after the other, of people glamorising heavy drinking. Of women glamorising drinking a bottle of wine a night to deal with the kids. A bottle of wine a night at nine units... I mean, do the maths. That's a ridiculous amount of alcohol if you stop at one bottle. So glamorising a bottle of wine a night to deal with the children, which, again, what messaging is that? What are those children growing up believing? I didn't have that growing up. My mum wasn't told to cope with me. She would need to drink wine. And there is no judgment in anything I'm saying here because I did it. And behind the cheeky wine glasses and internet enthusiasm, mummy wine culture is basically stemming from a desire to validate the fact that mums are struggling or single parents or parents are struggling. And it's playing on the fact they want to build community because being a parent can feel quite isolating. And maybe that message, mummy needs wine, is an attempt to say, hey, Being a mum is hard and it's a flippant and fun way of expressing that. 
Maybe it's a socially acceptable way of expressing it or asking for support. But what this trend is perpetuating is the idea that alcohol is the solution for feeling overwhelmed, isolated. And it can be so harmful to parents, it can be harmful to children, it can be harmful to people's partners. And it's also used as a way to bond with other mums, because again, we want to make new friends, don't we? Having become a mum myself 12 years ago, I know that I wanted to fit this new role. I lost my identity. And actually, in that moment, I felt overweight. I felt unattractive. I felt lost. I'd lost my time. I'd lost what I was doing for my career. I completely lost myself. And I know I'm not the only one that felt like that. And so this culture, which is incredibly toxic, incredibly pervasive, all of these reels and memes that are being shared all over social media about mummy needing wine is essentially preying on people when they're feeling really vulnerable. Because I know that's exactly how I felt when I became a parent. Some of the things I've seen are things like mummy needs her mummy juice. Or I know a friend of mine had a coffee mug with something written on it that said something like, this is probably wine in here. Well, that's not funny. That really isn't funny. And then if you raise it, I notice that anybody who dares raise their head above the parapet on some of these memes and say, well, look, you know, heavy drinking and glamorizing it is not funny. You're shot down in flames because it's a joke and you're a killjoy. But the truth of it is, even if you don't want to comment on it, which I don't advise you do because you will get shot down. But it's to see the truth in it and to realize how much you've been influenced by that. If you're a, a mum, how much you could have been influenced by that. You know, this glamorization of drinking at three or four o'clock, the time's getting earlier because the kids are home from school. I used to start fantasizing about what I was going to drink, wouldn't think about it all day, but coming home on the school run was my time that I would go to the supermarket and I would buy myself a bottle of something. Or drinking after the kids had gone to bed, wait for them to go to bed and then I can have my glass of something. And we all know that taking care of children, whether you're male or female, mum or dad, can be stressful, tiring and anxiety inducing, if I'm perfectly honest, as well as all the wonderful things that you can experience with children. But the danger of this mummy wine culture and it's being perpetuated on social media is actually that it's making it seem funny and normal to rely on alcohol to deal with things, particularly to deal with the stress of raising children. And that's avoiding the real problem. That mum might have underlying depression or anxiety that she needs some support and help with. She might be dealing with postnatal depression. I know that I ended up feeling quite a lot of guilt for not being as emotionally or physically present for my eldest daughter as I could have been. And I know there are other mums out there that have given up alcohol later on in parenthood and don't beat yourself up because we've all fallen for this culture. But I think now's the time to start noticing it at the very least and maybe calling it out every now and again because mummy doesn't need wine. No one needs wine to deal with anything. So those beliefs that you hold about alcohol and if you're triggered by seeing other things on television, in films, in marketing, on social media, or with memes like mummy wine culture, it's just to call it out and see it for what it really is, because that's another set of beliefs that you need to unpick 
in order to be free so that you're making choices for yourself and you're not being influenced. I hope you've now found it useful to look at some of those influences with a slightly different light. And just to remind you that this mini series is designed for grey area drinkers. And if you suspect at all that you have alcohol dependence or you're struggling in this first month, please do contact a medical professional to get the help you need. I'll catch you on day eight when we're going to start talking about the biology behind relaxation. And I'm going to use some of the tips and techniques I use in clinic to teach you about your autonomic nervous system and how to calm yourself in the moment, but also over the longer term, how we can use things like breath, to remain more in control. If you'd like to find out more about my story, then you can head to my website, louisaevans.com, where you'll find lots of useful links, including a link to my audiobook on Audible. And you'll also find a range of hypnosis and relaxation downloads that you can try at home. Use code SOBERREBEL, all one word, to buy one, get one free. You may like to follow me on Instagram at Stepping Into Sobriety. All of the links are in the show notes. Thank you for listening, and I'll catch you tomorrow.